0: Hi, and welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spoopy movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast.
1: Hi, this is Katie. And hi there, this is Brittany.
0: And this is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast.
1: Grindhouse Girls Podcast.
0: Episode 48, I do believe. Uh,
1: I am looking and I think you are right, Katie. This
0: oh my is episode gosh. 48. Yeah. 48. Um, this week we're going to be covering the 2017 um, action horror comedy thriller, Mayhem, starving. Uh, starving. No one's starving um, in this movie. Starring Steven Yun and uh, Samara Weaving. So, yeah. This is like a fun little movie. We wanted to do something... Uh, to honor the fact that Steven Yeun's the first uh, Asian American to win an Academy award. And also cause he's Glenn from the walking dead and we love him. And we love him. Personally. I watch a lot of his, like whenever he guest stars on people's like YouTube channels or like, like whenever he's on YouTube, I'm like Steven Yeun's in this episode. I'm going to watch this cause I fucking love him. He's just a nice guy. Um, but we didn't want to watch Minari for the podcast cause it didn't really seem very grind housey. um, but yeah, how are you doing this week, Britt?
1: I am I am tired. Uh it is officially the busiest time of the week at work. Um I wish I could say I was like being like out and having adventures, but really, realistically I'm just working, sleeping, watching movies. What about you, Katie?
0: Um, I had kind of a busy Easter weekend because I um got new furniture for my house, put it together and and then like i hosted easter for my like parents and my grandparents and my aunt um so that was a lot but it wasn't it was a lot of people and everyone's vaccinated so it was kind of nice to have like a semi-normal easter um without people wearing masks and stuff so but still you know washing our hands a lot um did you watch any good movies this weekend
1: I will be honest. I didn't watch, um, really any movie movies. I, I feel bad. Um, I started to watch, um, One Night in Miami. And I'll be honest, I only got through like the first 45 minutes and fell asleep, um, because oh, no. I am that person. So I will, That's I am okay. going to continue. Yeah, I'm going to continue watching it. I did like what I saw of it. Um, I wanted to bring this up two weeks ago. I did watch two of the five, uh, nominated shorts for best animated short. Oh, um, cool. Which ones? Yeah. I watched Burrow, which is on Disney Plus. It's a Disney Spark uh, short. It's adorable. It's only six minutes long. Oh,
0: cool. um, And
1: then I watched, um, I watched um, if any
0: um, fuck. And I just if, if anything on, happens, it, it, I love you. That I one, I love you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's on Netflix. Um, and this is the second time I watched it. The first time I watched it by myself. The second time I watched it with Taylor, I cried both times. Um, without spoiling anything, um, it is a sh- it's almost a completely silent short about a pa- parents dealing with the loss of their um, middle school do- daughter. <gasps> um, oh, yeah,
0: I don't know. If yeah. I can handle that.
1: It's only like twelve minutes long, but like I said, I I cried both times watching this short. It is very powerful, um, but it's it's upsetting. So, but I. I enjoyed it. I feel like it's it's something that needed to be made, but it it did break my heart both times I watched Aww. it. So, yeah. Oh. But Burrow's cute. So Burrow is the exact opposite. Burrow's an adorable, adorable little short. So. so maybe watch
0: the sad one first, and then follow it up with yes. Burrow, so you go to bed happy. Um, that's kind of what I did uh, on Easter. I hosted Easter, and then. I oh yeah I forgot there was another movie I finally saw that's new to me but it's an old movie not old old um I finally watched the Evil Dead remake I don't know why ah maybe because Jesus rose from the dead I don't know but he's good dead not evil dead um but I just was like ever, my parents had left and my grandma left and I was just like I just want to watch Evil Dead because it was streaming and I was like okay. So I watched it and I really liked it. Um, it wasn't as everyone said it was so scary, and I think it it is. But it, I honestly like. I think the first Evil Dead gave me more like creepy crawlies, like the beginning, yeah. Than this one did because I like Super how bory. yes, it, but I also like that um, they use drug addiction like as a symbolic thing. She's, like she's defeating her inner demons and defeating real demons. I liked that. Um. And I think that was, I don't know, it just put a different frame on the whole thing. So, I, I do agree with most people, like, I do think it was, like, one of the only, like, really good remakes of a horror movie. Maybe next to The Thing, because that was a remake. Um, And I actually watched, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't think, no, this movie is, I think, nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. Borat, Subsequent Movie Film? Yeah, it is. Have you seen it yet?
1: I have not, uh-uh.
0: Honestly? Um, it's an Amazon original movie, so it's on Amazon. Um, it, I actually like it better than the first one. Because the first one, I remember my ex-boyfriend making me watch it in college. And I kind of was grossed out by it. But, um, like, it was it was funny, but I was like, oh, this is a lot of just, like, dick jokes and embarrassing situations. This one genuinely has a sweet message. I don't know if it's because Sasha Baron Cohen's gotten older or more sentimental but it kind of had this really sweet message about him and his daughter towards the end and I mean don't get me wrong it's gross and funny and all that sh- and irreverent but um, the message becomes it becomes a, a like a nice message and I was like very taken aback by it but yeah it's I, I recommend it I think it's fun and it, honestly the girl uh, who plays his daughter that's nominated she did a really good job and then I did actually watch Minari after evil Yay. dead and it was very sweet um the cinematography's great the performances are great everyone who's nominated completely deserves it stephen yun is nominated as well as and i she won the sag award for best supporting actress the woman that plays the grandmother in it she's really good and apparently she's like a very famous south korean actress like she's been in everything in south korea um so and i think it's really good um but it's really cute um it's very safe for the family. It's kind of a slice of life. So, it definitely wouldn't have been grindhouse girls appropriate, but it is good and I think it's probably I think it's probably going to win best picture. I think. Cuz it's very I, I haven't seen Nomadland yet. That's the other one that yeah. I think people are talking about. Um but I think it's yeah. a lot safer than pretty young a pretty young woman, promising young woman. Um Yeah. And then just to round it off, I watched Midsummer <laughs> this weekend that's, again. That's so funny because I love it. Um, but that's you know yeah that's what I watched this this week. Some cool ones, some new ones, yeah. some old ones. Um, and then of course, I think we both watched um, this week's movie, Mayhem.
1: Of course. I was about to say, did you want to go over any, any? Oh, did you want to go over any housekeeping? Yeah, I didn't have any housekeeping this time. Do you have housekeeping? A uh, very basic housekeeping. Um, I mentioned the movie *Mary and Max*. Uh, Max and I said I said incorrectly. Max has autism. He actually has Asperger's syndrome, which of course is a form of autism. It's on the spectrum, but it's different. Um, it has different characteristics. I did want to clarify that. I also forgot in uh, *Mary and Max* that the girl Mary is played by Tony Collette, which I thought was a really cool thing to mention because we I love Tony Collette here. I think
0: I may have had to cut that part out though. No, was no worries. Of... And. It was part of a really long discussion we had, and our episode this week was like a, an hour and 40 minutes, and it was like two oh, no hours worries. and 40 minutes. But oh, okay, no Mary and mac very, very Max, Mary and Max, right? Yes, Mary, mm-hmm. and Max, Mary and Max, Brittany, um, highly recommends this movie, which I haven't seen yet.
1: Yes, it's very good, and then, um, uh, because we kept forgetting uh his name. Michael Roker plays Meryl Dixon in The Walking Dead. Daryl Dixon's older brother.
0: Mm -hmm. And he's he's, also in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. He's he's very good. I like him. He's a very Mm -hmm. good character actor. I like character actors. Okay, so we're going to talk about mayhem, which concerns the following plot. Um, After being unceremoniously fired from his corporate job, Derek is forced to quarantine in said office building after it is exposed to a deadly virus called the red eye virus that lowers mm-hmm. all inhibitions and causes violent outbursts. In his rage he recruits his angry client, Melanie, and together they work their way up to the top to take revenge on the people that have wronged them. Um yeah. So Derek is played by Stephen Yun. Which it's Yun because I keep saying Yun, but apparently it's Yun. So don't overthink his last name, I guess. <laughs> um, yes. And uh, Samara Weaving plays Melanie, and she's Hugo Weaving's niece. It took this yes. movie to get me to figure that out because it's their eyebrows. Is it just me, or when she's talking in this movie, are you like, wow? She must have been the runner-up to play Harley Quinn next to Margot Robbie because they both sound. Very she Harley does. Quinn.
1: Yeah, she does ha- definitely have some. Um she does definitely have some margot robbie vibes absolutely
0: which they're both I've Australians that way too that do interesting american accents like very what is the accent harley quinn has it's not really uh, it's almost boston like yeah exactly that's what i feel like it's almost like oh um, yeah mr j yeah she's my mm-hmm. favorite batman villain next to the joker so uh so those are our two characters do you want to go through the rest of the characters or do you want me to yeah no
1: i can touch a little bit on them a little bit um i will be honest other than um stephen young and samara weaving i wasn't as familiar as uh with some of these other characters i will be honest but i did look them up so we have stephen um brand as john the boss towers um he was in the scorpion king uh the diary of ellen rembrower <laughs> which i actually did see um he was scorpion alexander king. anderson in the helsing anime series too so it turns out he's done a lot of voiceover work oh. which i thought was pretty cool yeah
0: um, that's interesting also and i'll get into this more when we say complaints the only thing i didn't like about him was because you can tell that he's he's i think scottish or british and his accent would change in this movie, and I was a little bit, like, distracted. I was like, is he supposed to have an accent or not? I don't know. Because, honestly, when you have, like, an evil boss, there's nothing creepier than a scary British man.
1: I can agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, but then we also have Caroline uh, Cheekesey. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. Or Cheekesey. Um, as Carrot, the Siren Pal, um, she was Sa- Sasha Williams, and as if she played Elaine Hardy in
0: Footballers' Wives. Um, so those were her two main credits. Yeah, that's an interesting yeah, show, Harry- by the way. It's like a really? soap opera about. It's a British soap opera about footballers' wives, and there's like I've only seen I've seen like half of the first season because I think it used to be on Hulu a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I watched it, and it's apparently a big thing in um, in Britain. Like it's a it's a huge show. It's like Desperate Housewives. Yeah, it's like a it's like Grey's Anatomy kind of thing, where it's like dramedy. I wouldn't say it's like award winning, but it's it's pretty big to be on Footballers' Wives, I do believe. So.
1: No that's awesome and I I wasn't familiar with it also I, that's that's cool to hear from you. Um we do have Carrie Fox as Irene and I did not what how do we pronounce Irene's last name? Smythe? S- Smythe. Smythe? Okay. Smythe. Yes. Okay. Like Smith yeah. but with she was, like an i in the middle. Naive. Okay, awesome. Uh, she was in *An Angel at My Table*. Um, I actually did know her a little bit. I recognized that face, and she was yeah. in *Bright Star*. Yeah, she was in *Bright Star* as Mrs. Brown, um, so Fanny Braun's mom in the um, movie *Bright Star*, which is, of course, about John Keeks, um Which I love that
0: movie. And she was um, in so *Shallow yeah, what... Grave*, which is like an older ah. horror movie with, with Ian Mcgregor, which I've always wanted to watch. It's about friends who like they have this like sketchy roommate and he dies suddenly and they find like a bunch of money um from the friend and so they to keep the money they like have to cut up their roommate's body and bury it in a shallow grave and then it's like how the money is tearing them all apart oh that's yeah. awesome
1: i didn't know and yeah i, I like a lot of danny Boyle stuff too so and it was in cool. 100
0: scariest movie moments for the part where they're dismembering the corpse so, oh yeah, uh, she's like the lead in that. So, Chris Eccleston is the other guy. Shit. Uh, which, who is the ninth doctor? The The doctor in the first new series of Doctor Who is Chris Eccleston. Um, okay, um, we do have Dallas Roberts as Lester the Reaper
1: McGill. Um, so, he was uh, Milton Mammoth in the third season of AMC's The Walking Dead, which I thought was cool. So, I was like, okay, we got two uh, uh, Walking Dead Who is alums. that character?
0: Because I know I've seen yeah. that.
1: Uh season, he's like, the governor's, he, he's like uh, the governor's right hand he's like one the governor's right hand man. Yeah. So yeah. So he he's yeah, he's just with the governor's story arc. So of course he was only in that one season. He um I think he died in the exact same episode as spoiler alert, uh, Andrea did. So you remember oh, how okay. Andrea the tiered, Yeah, Andrea I think kills him before she's infected, but it's around that same timeline. So yeah. I want to say that's what happened. It's been a while since I watched the third season. Yeah, um, but I kind but of yeah, just but, stopped um, watching. Yeah, I think we we had that conversation a little bit about when Glenn bit the dust. That's a, what a lot of people. I um, did. I think that did stay he, in
0: last episode a little bit. Yeah, you know, because we keep talking about Walking Dead. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a, a very easy Dead show episode. to talk about. Uh, I think people yeah. forget about how massive of a phenomenon it was.
0: Um. And I think the only other person I wrote down was the person that plays Ewan, which is a very, like, yeah. British name, um, whose name is Mark Frost, who's a British actor. I got really excited for a second. I was like, is it Mark Frost from um, Twin Peaks? And I was like, oh, no, he's much too young to be Mark Frost from Twin Peaks. Um, but he was in Poldark, um, which is, like, a miniseries. And he did a lot of British mini series. Not a ton of, like big movies but i actually really liked his performance in this i did too i
1: thought he was a really likable character
0: yeah he doesn't have a oh coronation street he's on right now and i've heard that i've heard of that show and i haven't watched it yet i like to watch a lot of british television shows um yeah but that's really the only characters we really need to talk about it um steven young obviously we've talked about him glenn from the walking dead he's plays the dad in Minari, and he um, is nominated right now for the Academy Award. Maybe he'll win, keeping my fingers crossed. But Chabuk Boseman's in Sweeping. He also won the SAG. So, which is fine. Again, I think, I think Steven Yun, maybe this will be kind of a breakout for him to, like, be taken as, like, a serious actor, because I think people have, but I think Mayhem is one of those movies, like, it's one of his first, like, leads. Because he was always a supporting character until this movie. Until, yeah. I can't think of another movie where he was a lead. Like, he's been... He was in Okja before this, which is a, a Bong uh. Joon-ho movie, which is very cute. Um, it's, I think it's cute. Like, there's a lot of really sad graphic parts, because, like, all Bong Jun ho movies, like, it's never one genre completely. It's always, like, it's part family, like fairy tale about an animal but then it's also like a moral tale about like how we treat animals in the food industry but it's also like a humanity thing and like family and it's very like there's parts that are very disturbing in that movie because of how they treat the animals have you seen it yet Brittany?
1: i haven't but I, i i've heard about this one
0: it's it's good i had a hard time getting through some of the scenes and i'm a big animal lover but you're you get you're even more involved when it comes to animals like i can hold it together sometimes but i i feel like it might be real rough for you so yeah tread carefully but it's not a real animal so it's a it's a computer-generated one um and i mean the message is good it's more of like a fern gully message like stop hurting nature kind of thing but it's not super it's a little preachy um yeah but anyways uh He was a supporting character in that, um, which is cool, and was also, again, in The Walking Dead as a supporting character. But I think Glenn became everyone's, like... I mean, I'm sorry. I love Andrew Lincoln, but I was way more into Glenn as a character than I was Rick. Rick's fine, except for the Coral. 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 But, like, Rick got... (sighs) Rick got very repetitive after a while. He was just like, "Oh, he's depressed, and something bad happened again. Now he's okay." Um, and Samara Weaving has done a lot of stuff. Um, most recently, she did a series of horror movies called like The Babysitter. Yep. and she was in. She a supporting role in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Which I can't. I think she's like the friend of a friend. I it. thought she was the daughter. No, somebody else is the daughter. And she was in Ready or Not, which I saw last year. Yes. And it's awesome! Like, she's great I love that. that movie. It's a great she movie. She
1: is really, really great. She has really good comedic timing in that movie. I think that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about yes. that. Yes. I will say this. Uh, spoiler alert. I thought she was enjoyable in this movie, but I thought Ready or Not was definitely a better chance to shine.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, this movie... And again, I think this was right befo- before... Um that movie because yeah. ready or not came out in 2019 yes so i do think that this movie was like this for her and stephen young was kind of like a jumping off point for being leads because both of them yeah. did a lot of supporting roles and this is like a smaller movie and it's been streaming on shutter um and it did, like it it would pretty much it did get released in cinemas and at cons but it was more of a um Like, an independent movie. Like, it was... It's a $2.5 million budget. Yeah. That's nothing in movie talk. Like, at all. Which... It doesn't even show me how much movie it made in the box office on Wikipedia. So... um, Also, it was filmed in Serbia.
1: Yeah. I did see that over 25 days, which is a very... I mean... And supposedly, and you probably read the same thing, Katie, that, like, to me, that sounds like a very, very tight schedule. But supposedly, the other locations they went to were giving them less time. They were giving them, like, 14 yeah. days or 12 days. And I'm like, absolutely not.
0: Yeah. And this is, like, which I'm sure that was, like, I wonder if they had to change, like, casting. Because I'm sure some people were like, I can't go to Serbia. It's too far. Um yeah. But um, also, it has a really good score of 85 on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: You probably saw this too. I was laughing because they said Beer, McCre- Beer McCreary was originally going to compose the score for this movie. And I was like hysterically laughing because Beer McCreary does Outlanders uh, music. Uh, that's hilarious. So I was like, oh, okay, that bear <laughs> was going to do this movie. I'm kind of curious to see what kind of musical score it would have had if he had done it, though.
0: Yeah, I think the music was good, it didn't stand out. But it yeah. served its purpose. Like it, it definitely went along with it. I was getting a lot of like Shaun of the Dead, Edgar Wright kind of. Not, I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's as precision as Edgar Wright movies are. But there was a lot of like, um, there's a lot of narration from Derek's character, but it kind of leads into what's actually happening, like and it's interesting. Like, um and there's a lot of like music, like there's action scenes where it's just like action music. Kinda reminds me of Hot Fuzz, but Hot Fuzz is like a satire of police action movies. So I don't know I don't think this is really satirizing anything as much as it's kind of taking a comedic thriller vibe. Um and Edgar Wright's just satirized a lot of that and um, yeah, I love Edgar Wright. He's probably one of my favorite directors. Also, I just realized because I posted this on the Instagram, but uh if you guys watched Grindhouse, which it was the I think it was the 10-year anniversary of it coming out, maybe longer. I think it was the tenth anniversary of it coming out yesterday, April 6th, and Edgar Wright, there's a bunch of teaser trailers. He directed one of my favorite teaser trailers from it, which I hadn't watched the teaser trailer in probably five years. Don't, where it's like, if you're thinking of opening this door, don't. If you're thinking of going into this haunted house, don't. And there's all these bizarre films. If you've seen Edgar Wright's movies, you'll recognize a bunch of actors. Like, Nick Frost plays the baby in the don't thing. And I'm pretty sure I saw Simon Pegg, but he wasn't as obvious... But the woman that plays, the woman who plays Juliet in the terrible Romeo and Juliet play in Hot Fuzz is in it in one part. And I was like, it's the terrible Juliet. Love me, love me. And I was very excited. I love Hot Fuzz. It's one of my favorite movies. But back to the movie. Sorry. So I I see a lot of Edgar Wright influence in this movie. As well as, uh, I would say a little bit of Walking Dead. Because there's some gross out horror in this movie. Like, it's very bloody. And, like, there's a lot of really gross like, almost Evil Dead, like, gross-out horror in this movie. Um, But it's pretty fun, I yeah. would say. It's definitely not, like... There, there's an overlapping theme of, like, you know, when you work at a soulless corporate job in corporate America, how it can kind of suck your soul out and how it can drive you to, you know, the pressure of that kind of a job can overwhelm people and make them act out in violent manners um but then there's also i think Brittany, you were saying like it's kind of weird because it's about a virus and they're quarantining people to let the virus dissipate exactly
1: and i think that's
0: um with that being
1: said are we ready to dive into the nitty-gritty and uh, get into some spoilers
0: yes i would say definitely time for spoilers uh i would probably say uh recommend for a casual watch
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I wouldn't say pay money to watch this movie, but it's on Shudder right now. And I'm pretty sure it's been on Shudder for a while. So I have a feeling like Shudder probably helped. I didn't see this, but I have a feeling like maybe they produced it or or helped out. Um, By the way, just real quick. It was directed by Joe Lynch um, before we get into the plot, which um, he's done... Two episodes of the Creep Show TV series, which I is on my list to watch. Apparently, season two is about to come up, which I've heard really good things about. Um, he directed Wrong Turn two, which is like a, mm, mm, a slasher, mm, kind of not a great but mm, yeah, movie. And then he directed this movie that I've heard of and never seen, but mostly because it's about LARPing, and Peter Dinklage is in it. Um, before Game of Thrones, um, Knights of Badassum badassdom and the thing that stood out to me most about him was his bio on imdb and it's joe lynch as a filmmaker or at least that's what he keeps telling people that born in long island and dealing with life in la lynch has creatively worked in various medias including feature films tv music videos commercials short films podcasts and more I was just like, oh, okay, how very honest. And then it was written by Matthias or Matthias Caruso, Mm -hmm. who's written a lot of short films, but I didn't see any other, like, feature-length films or television or anything. But I couldn't find any interviews about, like, was this based on, like, when you worked a corporate job, are these characters based on people that you worked with? Like, I didn't get... I couldn't find any good interviews. I kept getting interviews of the Mayhem lead singer of the Norwegian band Mayhem. Um who the movie Lords of Chaos is based on, which I've heard is really good. I don't have a lot of background on this movie, but I guess that means we can just get into spoilers, right? Woo-hoo. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, yeah, and
1: I felt the same way that there wasn't a lot of, I usually like to read articles um, detailing the movies that we watch, whether it's just like written interviews with the director. Um, I also didn't really see anything about that. I saw a lot yeah. of people giving reviews about the movie, but nothing with the cast and crew really detailing anything about the movie. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, let's get into spoilers. Uh, once again, we are discussing Mayhem. Mayhem is currently on shutter. Uh, give it a watch. It's fun to watch with a group of people. It's a very mm-hmm. casual watch. Not a lot of deep diving into this one. Um, so, in three, two, one, we are officially in
0: spoilers. Woo! Um, Woo. so, <laughs> we start out, um, I, I don't know if this reminded you of this, but, um, it kind of reminded me of the beginning of Zombie Land, where, um... Mm-hmm. Steven Young's character, Dave, uh, David, Derek, <laughs> Derek is, like, talking about the virus, and it's called ID7, which I was like, oh, COVID-19 flashbacks, um, ID7, and he's like, there's this virus, and they haven't gotten a vaccine for it yet, but basically... It, it's kind of like a fantasy virus, honestly. It lowers your inhibitions and your, turns off like your control function in your brain when you're infected. And so people are reacting impulsively and there's no rational thought. So basically, like if you're horny, you'll have sex in front of people. If you're feeling angry, you might physically attack someone you normally wouldn't physically attack. And they frame it with some artwork that Derek's working on yeah. in the future. Just an interesting um, framing device.
1: Yeah, and I actually got Tarantino vibes at the beginning of this movie because it kind of reminded me of Kill Bill that it's like he's narrating, but it's a flashback and it's done in black and white. So this is the only segment in the movie mm. done in black and white. And yeah. you're seeing these people in like a corporate office, and you probably read the same thing, Katie, where there's uh, the people having sex in that scene are really having sex. Uh, cause they I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, they it's uh so they cast um a couple in a relationship, so the couple having sex on the table are are really having sex. Which oh. I was like cool fact, totally unnecessary. Uh yeah, it's like no Shia difference. LaBeouf and
0: Nymphomaniac. Yeah. Like, yeah, we yeah. don't need to have simulated sex. I'm like, hey, we all <laughs> saw Don't Look Now and everyone thought it was real sex and it wasn't, so
1: that does Fuck look that. like real sex and don't look now, so But they just edited
0: it like it was. Yeah. Like that's just exactly. edited and have good actors um i do like the blood is in mm-hmm. red i believe which reminds yeah. me of um shit, what sin is that? city sin city but there's a video game that this reminded me of called mad world and you play it's like a beat 'em up hack and slash kind of game and you play this guy that's fighting through it's kind of like a like a like a hunger game situation where he's he's like a criminal and he's fighting through these different levels and it's all in black and white and it's comic book style animation, but like the I'm pretty sure the blood is in red. Um, but it's it's very fun, but it's very physically demanding because you actually have to like hack and slash people. So I highly recommend Mad World, but you will get a workout playing it if you play it. It was on the Wii, they might have ported it to other things. Um, but I have it for the Wii, like, which I'm sure Sin City was a, uh, inspiration for Mad World, because I'm pretty sure Mad World came out in 2009, so way after Sin City, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, because Sin City, the graphic novels came out in the 80s, so definitely.
0: Yeah. Um... But, yeah,
1: um, so during this scene, though, he mentions Neville Reed, and we actually see Neville Reed uh, kill his co-worker. So it's like he's narrating about uh, the Neville Reed mm-hmm. case, which, of course, um, Neville Reed stabbed the co-worker, but he got off uh, because he was under the influence of the virus. So now they kind of created this law that, hey, when you're under the influence of the virus, you're not always fully capable of, you're not in control. So you can't get charged for murder or anything because you're not really in control. Right. Um, and Derek works at the Tower and Smith consulting firm who handled Reed's case and he's Um, the one that
0: found the loophole Mm -hmm. so he got a promotion and you see him like on his first day of work after this little black and white sequence and he's fresh faced and happy and he kind of looks like Glenn he's got glasses on and then like he's like tired and then he gets promoted and he's like he's just like an asshole (laughs) in his narration he's like man what a dick and he's talking about himself because he's, like, wearing these, like, douchey sunglasses. And he's, like, acting like an asshole. But he sees his co-worker berating this innocent secretary. And she's just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he actually does, like, go over to her. And he kind of blackmails the guy. And he's like, hey, I have this video of you getting a blowjob at the Christmas party. I'll send this to your wife if you don't leave her alone. And, um, which I was like, I was like, so he's not evil. He's just... He's one of those people, like, he enjoyed getting promotions and making money, but he's kind of, like, he's better than that. He's not soulless, but he puts on the air of being soulless, basically, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or it's, like, he's now too deep into a situation, he doesn't really know how to get out of it. Like, he's not happy, but he also doesn't want to, like, lose his job, anything like that. Um But he goes into his office and he knows his favorite cup is missing, which I think is Mm -hmm. actually, like, a really cute reaction that it's, like, it's such a big deal to him that this cup is missing. Um, and he gets a call from his sister and her birthday's coming up. And he, like, basically, like, kind of pushes her off and says, like, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to even be having this conversation. Okay, Mm -hmm. bye. Um, so, afterwards, um... Afterwards, this is when he meets um, the client Melanie, who of course mm-hmm. uh, Melanie crosses Samara's weaving character, um, mm-hmm. and she needs more time all alone. And so he kind of just pushes her off, so like, "Hey, there's nothing I can do." And he sees that Irene Smith Smythe. Smith has Smith. Smythe, thank you, Smith. Irene Smith had signed uh, the paper, and she's like, "Well, let me just talk to Irene Smith." He's like, "Okay, I'll do that for you." And then the next scene is she's being escorted out of the building, and she's yeah. fucking hot, understandably. Um, which is a pissed. is a dick move on his part, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to her. And then, like, you just see security. So I guess she doesn't talk to anybody. And you learn no. that Irene is part of the Nine. And it is basically, like, their board of directors, including his boss, John, and John the boss. And um, basically everything goes through them. Um, and, um, you do start early on seeing as he's drinking the water after Melanie leaves, like they show you that the virus is in the water. So he's going to become infected, but there's also like some very subtle clues. Like there's a guy that he passes and he's just kind of rubbing his eye and they tell you that a symptom of the, um, the virus is that your eye becomes really red. And so they've been calling it the red eye virus and they call people redders when they, um, are acting violently. Um, and they're like, you know, technically the virus isn't fatal, but, like, people may cause fatalities because of their actions while infected. Um, luckily, COVID-19 doesn't make you violent. Thank God. Thank God. Can you imagine, like, we have people... Oh, God. I mean, and that's the thing, like, they don't even, like, try to make people wear masks in this movie. Like, you would think, like, at this point, if it was so common and if it was yeah. spread by like aerosol people would be wearing masks and stuff like you know and this was like this is way after SARS so like they would have known that going into this movie but you know um i don't know i might i might be just being too no i agree
1: about it. <laughs> i agree because especially so many of the people like the way they make it out is like it's a big news thing a lot of people in the world yeah. are affected by this they're like taking telling people to be safe and then sure enough yeah no one there's this huge company no one's wearing masks there's no kind of safety precautions in place so yeah it does seem a little odd um mm-hmm. after that um so why derek is at work he discovers a bungle a bungled legal case for company vandercorp which is like a huge company um and mm-hmm. this bungled case had been pinned on him by uh, kara the siren derek uh no, Karen's Kara the siren, sorry, I'm reading my notes. So uh Kara is like his co Kara's his coworker who's like ahead of him on the lap on the uh ladder. And they call her the Siren because she's always whispering in the boss's ear. So Derek confronts her and when he goes up there to confront her, he sees his favorite mug on her desk <laughs> and it's a and it reminded me instantly of my nephew cuz my nephew's favorite colors are yellow and black. It's like this little yellow and black mug. And it's just like kind of sets him off. Like he's already upset about the case, but I feel like the mug is just like what tips it over. Um, yeah. the waterfall and he just like kind of lights her up. And so they end up going they go going up the ladder to their boss, which of course is John Towers.
0: Yes. And he so you learn that he also is into art, like Derek is into art, but by drawing – he's drawing stick figures, so he's not very good at it. So I have a feeling that Derek started taking up art to kind of get on his boss's good side, and then he ended up, like, really liking it, whereas his boss just kind of sucks at it, but he's the boss, so everyone's like, wow, that's great. And basically, like, uh, Derek is like, yeah, she's trying to – he he tells him what's going on, and he's like, okay, Derek, leave. I'll I'll talk to her about this. But really – Kara's gonna win, and um, they basically end up firing him, but not before he stops at his friend Ian, Ewan, Ewan? Ewan. Oh, it's a- Ewan, Ewan, and Ewan, like, that name just always, like, trips me up. Ewan, um, is his friend. He's older than him. Um, they're drinking buddies, but they seem to be actual friends. He's trying to, like, meditate in his office. He's got a bigger office than Derek, so obviously he's higher up on the on the ladder. More of, like, Kara's, um, level but he is trying not to be soulless he's a nice guy and he really really likes Derek, and they're genuinely friends he has kids and he's like okay well before you go up to kara um let's work out what we need to do psychology wise and he's like oh i already went there he's like okay well if she offers you a deal take it he's like oh i already refused her deal and he's just like, oh, my God. Because he's just, the reason that he's made it this far is because he's played by the rules, even though he didn't like playing by the rules. Um, and Derek is, like, done playing by the rules. And I I do wonder if maybe the virus is already starting to take hold of him, which is why he's acting a little more rash than he normally would. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, like, no one really knows they're infected yet, but, like, people are just slowly starting to show signs. And um, there's a, the HR uh, director um, he's like he has a cane and they they uh, paint a picture of him as the reaper they call him the reaper and I was just like like all the HR people I have known have been like sweet little southern ladies who are like oh hey honey let's get your insurance in check like they're just really sweet and cute and I was just like are other places like HR representatives just like really mean but basically it's his job to fire everybody and he offers him a really nice severance package And Derek's like, no, I'm not going to quit. I want to talk to the nine. But instead of being able to talk to the nine, um, he's sent to the basement where he finds Melanie. And he finds out at the same time they start getting quarantined. And Melanie, because she was so, they were kicking her out of the building when they got quarantined. So they're both stuck in the basement. And he calls, he uses his skills to rig up a phone and he calls the Vandercorp corporation he calls the boss and he three way calls the nine and basically the screw up that he caught that he's been blamed for he basically throws them all under the bus and it's just like like makes the company lose the contract basically and that makes the boss who's now quarantined and having red eye symptoms send his um, his uh, second in command to um, kind of take care of Derek, and he starts beating him up. And his friend Ewan comes in, and then Ewan gets shoved up against a like a was it like a board with a nail in it or yeah. something? And he mm-hmm. dies, and it's really sad. Um, but basically, everyone's in full force. The SWAT team will not let anyone leave the building, and um, he and Melanie decide. He says, "Hey." I will help you get your house back if you come with me and help me get to the top floor. Because there's a whole thing where, like, only certain people have access codes to certain floors. And so he's basically yeah. going to have to, like, you know, it's 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 like, you know, fighting your way to the top. It's like, it would be a really good video game, actually. Because huh. there's different levels. It, it reminds me a lot of a video game because there's different levels you have to fight through. And we're going to breeze yeah. through this because, like, it's not a whole lot of... Character development. It's mm-hmm. more, it's more video gamey where you like, they do kind of all the character development in the first 20 minutes and then the action starts. And I appreciate that because that's this kind of movie it's like, it starts pretty much, I think 23 minutes is when the action really started. And, um, Melanie's like, okay, I'm in. And she gets a nail gun and he gets, what does he have?
1: I know he has, um, I know he has like a, a screwdriver or something, but I don't think he fights with just a screwdriver. Yeah.
0: Anyways, they grab weapons hers was just a nail gun and it was interesting um oh by the way the, the CDC or whatever is in charge of this they they have put a neutralizing agent so there's a cure for this virus but it takes eight hours for it to take mm-hmm. effect so they're like just everyone stay calm and meanwhile like there's just scenes of chaos going on um and so like not only is just like it's the people that he's having a problem with he has to fight through but everyone is like acting like animals so it's it's hard to get through so they get through to Kara, and she... uh, they go to the reaper first i did just oh yeah i'm sorry the reaper mm-hmm. they go through the reaper mm-hmm. and all the fight scenes are really good honestly like i think that we but they're, they're fight scenes so there's not like a whole lot of detail but they are good um there's a lot of blood and a lot of violence um, but it is very interesting. And basically he keeps checking in with the Nine and they're, like, taunting him. Like, at some point the uh, the boss pees on his friend's corpse. Yeah. Which was shitty. Also, he really liked, like, he was a really good worker for them. So I was like, well, that's really shitty because he's, like, actually a good worker, obviously. Yeah. I can't believe you'd be that. But the the boss just keeps talking about, like, if nobody's working for eight hours, it's going to cost me money. And oh my God, you instead, it's going to cost me money because he was such a good worker. Um, so basically he finally gets up to Kara and the weird thing is she doesn't get like physically violent, but she does like play her mind games with him. And then her secretary double crosses her and fucks up the, um, card key that she was going to offer him. And because they, they knew that Kara was going to betray the Nine. And I think at this point, do they have to go to Ray the IT guy at this point?
1: Yeah, they do. So, yeah, because Who's Meg... played by uh, the Meg, director? Her... Yeah, uh, what? He's played
0: by the director, by the way.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really cool thing. I didn't know that. So, yeah, Meg, uh Meg, which is... Uh which is Kara's assistant kills her. And so they're like, okay, we're going to go down to the ID department because the card's messed up. They need to find a new way to get to the top floor at this point. Right.
0: And only the IT guy will be able to go through. And then he's kind of, like, angry, but he's a nicer person. And so he is like, oh, you're going to Irene Smythe? Okay. I'll help you get to there. So they get to Irene Smythe. And she also, like, he's like, honestly, I think she's nicer with the virus. Um, but she's like a cold calculating bitch and they just want her to sign the paper for Melanie's house and she refuses and she um, really doesn't like Melanie and they kind of get into an altercation oh there also was a really good fight scene when they get to Kara before they get to Kara like she has everyone else like fight and it's a really good bloody fight scene um, yeah and Irene Smythe basically um, oh also at sometime in between this because, you know, your inhibitions are lowered. Uh, Melanie and Derek cook up. And they have, yeah. like, a very funny, kind of a comical sex scene. Like it's, yeah. it's, like, it's, like, obviously they're, like, they probably wouldn't be having sex this fast if it wasn't for the virus. But they're, like, and I think Derek oh. afterwards is, like, let's get married or something. Like, you ready to get married? Oh, no, he, he's,
1: like, let's, let's get a dog. Like, he says yeah. something like, let's get a dog. Um, I it's thought cute. that sex scene was funny because they're fully clothed the entire time. And I was, yeah. like, eh, that's not how it works. No.
0: So. <laughs> I mean, she was wearing a dress.
1: Yeah, but his, his whole pants are still covering his ass. So I'm like, is this a, like, I wonder if Steven Young has a no nudity clause after this Maybe. scene. Because I'm like, his pants was covering his ass, which.
0: Maybe. I don't think Glenn was ever <laughs> naked. Yeah. Although he was naked okay. on Conan O'Brien once, but they blurted out. Because they went to a Korean spa together. So I don't think he has a nudity issue. Because, like, he literally is – he went to a Korean spa with Conan in L.A. and you have to be naked at that particular spa. And there's, like, a really funny scene where they take the ropes off and they're just naked, like, the whole episode almost. And they blurred everything, but I don't think it's – I think it's maybe they didn't want to have to worry about it. Like, he might have more of a, like, I don't do sex scenes naked. Because I think, like, being nude is one thing. Have, like, simulating sex naked with another actor – could be really difficult professionally like fair I enough know.
1: fair yeah. enough I, I mean i'm not going to disagree with that but i just thought it was interesting that i mean we knew a sex scene was coming because they already said that like the virus kills right. any inhibitions but at the same time i was like they're fully clothed and i just don't buy fully clothed sex scenes myself maybe
0: it's because of the um the real sex in the first scene that maybe they couldn't get away with another like naked sex scene maybe with the censors, they were like, oh, we'll give you an X, an NC 17 rating if, cause this movie's not, it's very gory, but it's not like, it and they yeah. curse a lot, but it doesn't seem disturbing, even though it's supposed to yeah. be disturbing, but it's more, cause it's more comedic, you know, it's more like video, it seems like video game violence, even though it's very gory. Um, but they get to Irene Smythe, and she plays mind games with them, and eventually, um, She trades Derek for Melanie, and she's gonna basically torture Melanie. But yeah, it's because Melanie destroyed her uh, hard drive to her yes computer. Yeah, so and she's very upset, and also apparently she has weird porn fetish. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I can't remember what exactly it was, but the idea is like, I think maybe which not not king shaming here. But he just comments. No. He's like, she's got some, some porn. Also, why would anyone look up porn on their work computer? I don't look up anything on my work computer. Ever. I don't like either. personal.
1: When I was younger, when I was younger, I did at my, my, like, one of my first jobs, but not, not now as a grown-up. Yeah. No. Absolutely Especially not. Especially because
0: you have your cell phone with you. I just look stuff up on my cell phone. Frankly. Exactly. Like, you know. Anyways. So, um... I don't know why i'm saying that because when i used to work at the school library people would watch porn on our library computers and i was like what the fuck and then we'd have viruses and then we'd be like why is there a virus oh because someone was jacking off in the library i guess um not on my watch but i would come into work and someone would be like oh turn that computer off because they have to come fix it because there's a porn virus on there i was like great um anyways so um Derek quote-unquote, gives up Melanie, but then he kind of double-crosses Irene Smythe and, like, um, leaves the parts for the chair. Like, he takes little screws out so she can get out of the chair that she's tied to. And um, they end up beating Irene Smythe. But only he can go up to the floor, because it only clears one person. And he goes up, and the nine, uh, his boss offers him, like, oh, I'm gonna give you, like, all this money... And great. And he's like, Screw you. Sign this and he I think he asked her him to sign the paper and he still won't. Um mm-hmm. he's like, But I'll give you a job and so he ends up like having to fight everybody and mostly the boss. And the funny thing is, like none of his coworkers really want to fight for him because they're all like, I'd rather see you fall. And eventually, like he ends up throwing him off the side and he falls. He has a literal fall from Grace. All the way down. All the stories. Which is very comical. Because he basically falls until the very end of the movie. And the nine. Or I guess the eight now. Offer Derek his job. And they say okay. Because he's like. He rationally tells them. Why he's a good worker. And what happened. And that he was double crossed. And blah blah blah. And they're like okay. Well we'll offer you your boss's job. And he signs it. So he can sign Melanie's paperwork. And then he quits. And he he and Melanie go off, and they take painting classes together. And then, yeah. you know, as he's giving you the epilogue, he's walking out of the building, and everyone's, like, leaving the building. Every the, the virus is passed. Everyone's back to normal. You just see the boss, like, smash at the bottom of the floor, and there's lots of blood. And it's cute. It's cute. It's a cute movie. I don't want to say it's cute, but it's fun. It's fun. Yeah,
1: it's, not- it's definitely fun.
0: It's got some messaging in it, but it's not overly complicated. um yeah, so what did you what did, is there anything you didn't like about this movie
1: um, this is gonna sound really, really mean, um and I'm so sorry um so i I didn't dislike it, but I don't feel like there was nothing really special about it.
0: yeah I thought you know, it was yeah. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a very fun watch. And that's what, like, I wanted to do something with Steven Yeun in it. um, Because he's just great. I've I've heard this is a really good movie. Mm -hmm. um, But I think, was it the uh, uh, Belkin? No. The Belka Experiment. Belka Experiment came out, Mm -hmm. like, around the same time. And it sounds like they are very, which this happens a lot, where people have similar ideas around the same time. And they both independently write it. And then they like they get released at the same time. It happens a lot, especially yeah. in Hollywood. And sometimes it's like trends or maybe somebody's been like throwing an idea around for years and people finally are like, Oh, let's try this trend and then like everyone's doing it. Um but I I, I think Belco Experi- experiment, which I haven't watched yet, um, I think it's a little more serious is yeah, what I've heard. Definitely. I like yeah.
1: it. Uh I really like The Belko Experiment, but it's definitely more along the lines of like uh Battle Royale. In which case like the co- the workers at that building, they have no choice like basically. The government's like, "Hey, if you guys don't kill each other, like we're going to kill everyone." So it's like they're fighting yeah. to death till there's one man standing. Um right. It's, it's good. I, I really liked it. It's been a couple of years since I watched the Belko experiment, but I, I did like it. And I feel like this is more of a hot shot, funnier take. Because obviously yeah. no one's being forced to kill each other or anything like that. But they are still trapped right. in a, a corporate building together.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, it, quarantine is scary, as we all know. Because yeah. we've all lived through it at this point. Um, mm. The fact that people are spying on you and you're trapped... With people, like, you don't want to be with. Like, yeah, that that is kind of scary. But it's more fun. It's more fun. And I think it's living out a fantasy that a lot of people have if they work in corporate America. And they just, like, they're being, they're having their soul sucked out of them. I don't really feel that way at my job. But other people do. I get it. Um, especially if you work in a really big corporation. Like, if you've ever seen Mr. Robot season, <sighs> is either season two or season three? Elliot starts a job at e and E-Corp, um, or Evil Corp, and um, there's a whole montage of him, like, going to work, and he's taking his antidepressants, and he's got, like, this big smiley face head on him. Like, obviously not for in real life, but, like, it's, like, the the face changes to, like, sad eventually because he's just, like, it's too much monotony and stuff like that. So I, I think yeah. it's, like, a living out of fantasy that people have, which is why I was curious if the guy that wrote it maybe worked in corporate America And maybe he based characters on people he worked with, but I couldn't find any research on that. Um, I think it was a little too, like, overly trying to be cool in parts. Um, Not a lot, um, but there were some parts where I was just like, it was a little like, okay, it's a little much, but okay. Um, And I said the thing about the boss was trying to have an American accent, but it didn't work all the time. Um, And sometimes the art, I liked the framing, but a couple times, like, literally Derek was saying something, and then they flashed to art that was illustrating the exact same point. And I was kind of like, either verbally say it or, like, visually say it. Like, we don't always need both at the same time. And I think this movie would do a really good job of visually storytelling, like, how the virus was spreading. Like, there was a really good sequence where they're like showing people like rubbing their face and drinking water and like rubbing their eye and coughing and that stuff like now like I wash my hands so much because people are so aware of like touch your face and that's how you get diseases um so like that was cool but um I I you know sometimes it was just like a little too much like they needed to make a choice I feel like but I think uh Samara weaving and Stephen Yun did a really good job. I think they were probably the standout performances in it. But I thought the guy that played Ewan was really good too.
1: Yeah, I liked his character too. Yeah,
0: it was it was good, and I think it, yeah, it was like tongue in cheek. It was pretty funny. It's fun, um, very violent but fun. So if you just want to put something on and kind of enjoy it, I think it would be a good. It's very like action movie ish, like not overly yeah. really dramatic. Um, did you have a like an out of ten rating for it?
1: Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to probably go with a 6 for this one.
0: Okay, I did too, actually. Like, yeah. literally, 6 out of 10. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I liked it enough to watch it. Like, I wasn't bored by it. I didn't think it was a terrible movie. It's just like, I I like to, Katie knows I like analyzing movies. And I don't have to analyze every single movie I, I, I watch. But I do want there to be something that makes me want to go tell other people to watch this movie. Like, I yeah. like there to be a twist. I like there to be something in that story that like, mm-hmm. oh my god, there's this moment in this movie. You have to watch it because of this moment. I didn't feel that way about
0: this movie. Yeah, this movie was kind of like, I was like, it was cute. I'm glad I watched mm. it. And I think it was nice. Like, I'm like, I like, I love really depressing movies with layers. Obviously, I watched Midsummer during my mini vacation. Um, I love it. But then, like, also, like, sometimes I just want to watch something stupid and yeah. violent. And I think it's nice to watch. And it, it is truly, I would call this more of a Grindhouse movie because it's independent. Low budget. Yeah. And they, honestly, the budget did not show. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, it, it actually looked really, really good. Um, like, I didn't know how low the budget was until we were recording. So, because I hadn't honestly looked it up. Um, but yeah, there wasn't a lot of, like, background to this movie, which I like knowing, like, about, like, what director. Like, literally last night, I started watching Bong Joon-ho's um, oh, Academy Award acceptance speeches and like a bunch of like of him like um there's a video i haven't watched yet because i was like that's oh, not relevant to the movie this week so i don't need to waste my time staying up late watching it but he's um interviewing the director for minari um and i haven't watched that yet but i was like i love Bong Jun ho and like last year like parasite is such a good movie and there's so many layers to it and like uh promising young woman Bless you, Brett. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Bless you. Get allergies are crazy in Alabama right now. Yes. I have been like I have had a sore throat every afternoon from like my allergies. It sucks. Um, but um, like that movie like has so many layers and like there's so much to unpack. And promising a young woman was like the same thing. Yeah. I would say Minari doesn't have so much to unpack, but it is a very well made. Uh, interesting movie and I highly recommend it. I don't want to sell it short. It's really good and it's very like inspirational, but it's not too like sugarcoating things. There's a lot of like family drama and like marriage drama. That's very honest and real. And I really, I think the performances are really great, especially Steven Yun and the woman that plays his wife, which I'm sorry. I just, I wasn't familiar with the other actors. So I don't, I didn't, since we weren't reviewing it, I didn't look up their names and I'm so sorry. But most of them have been nominated, Um, so I think they did a really good job. But um, anyways, but, you know, this one doesn't have a lot to unpack, but it's interesting. I think it's worth a watch, Um, but it is more of like a, I want to watch this with friends or like on an afternoon kind of like, I feel like if cable TV was still a thing, this would come on TNT censored. Yeah. Like Kill Bill. (laughs) Yep. I agree Uh, with that. That's how I watched Kill Bill for the first time. It was either on Spike TV or... TNT, and my dad and my brother were watching it, and I was like, oh, there's a girl in this one? And I thought The Bride was so fucking cool, and then I became obsessed with Kill Bill, and that's how I started watching Quentin Tarantino movies. was definitely uh-huh. Kill Bill. I yeah. saw
1: Kill Bill, Volume 1, when I was 13 years old. My dad rented it, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And I still claim Kill Bill's yeah. way my favorite movie, so...
0: <laughs> I was, it's probably about the same age, because when it started coming yeah. on TV was when it was in rerun. so I was probably like 13 or 14, and... You know, Spike TV was, like, a man's, like, channel. Like, it was, like, men's shows. It was very, like, you know, testosterone-fueled. And so, like, I didn't expect to, like, a movie that was on it. And then I was, like, oh, this is, like, The Bride is badass. And Go-Go. I love Go-Go. Too. And also, Go-Go, Lucy Liu right. is in it. And, like, I Over love Charlie's she- Angels. She- I love the old, like, it's not old-old, but, like, the remake of Charlie's Angels. <laughs> like, it's stupid. Yeah. It's a stupid movie, but it's the best kind of stupid movie. It's very much like this movie where like it's just fun and but the music's a lot better in Charlie's Angels. That yeah, soundtrack is... I
1: did love the music.
0: Yeah, And Sam Rockwell's in it. And, huh, I love him. I love this. And Crispin Glover also. Yes. Oh, somebody reminded me of Crispin Glover in this movie and I wrote it down and then I left my notes somewhere. Was um, it I the Reaper it was, himself? I think it was the Reaper. He reminded me of Crispin yeah. Glover in Charlie's Angels. Um... <laughs> Like yeah, he was just kind of weird and creepy and he had a cane. Yes. He didn't sniff anyone's hair though. Thank God. Thank God. Chris McGlover is a weird man. Um, did you have a Grindhouse Girls rating for this? I did. I actually rated it in for nails and no inhibitions. Oh, that's cool. I had two. I had rated R for Revenging Red Eyed Rioters. It's a mouthful. And rated H for hostile work environment. Which is the tagline of the movie.
1: I I do like the rated H for hostile work environment.
0: Which one do you like better? I think the H. Okay. So we'll do rated H. Which it literally is the tagline for the movie. So it wasn't the most original. But it works. Um, A marketing team probably spent many years coming up with that. Um, So that means. It's time for Brit's pick of the week.
1: Woo! And there's actually we I already know this. Um, so I don't know if Katie uh, left it in a few. Uh, it would have been a few um, episodes back that I was actually bitching about wanting to watch this movie, and it yes. was taken off Amazon Prime to rent because I was like, because we've
0: been we've we've had it on the list since last fall when we yeah. heard about it. I think yeah.
1: I think we have. We've had it on the list for a while. And then Katie actually brought it up that it was on Showtime uh, last weekend, and I had no idea because I was just waiting for it to come back on Prime so I could rent it instead of buying it for $15. Um, and so I'm glad Katie mentioned it was on Showtime. Um, prepare yourselves. of uh, Just based on the synopsis, we are tuning into possibly another depressing one. Um, I'm excited, next week... Yeah, I am too. Uh, but <laughs> the movie of the week next week is going to be Relic. So, yes. Yeah. And yes. I'm double
0: checking. Yes, it is not not the nineteen ninety-seven Relic. Relic twenty twenty one. It is now streaming on Showtime. It stars Emily Mortimer, Robin Nevin, and Bella Heathcote. Um and it it seems to be talking about uh familial relationships and like dementia, which is terrifying if you've ever lost a parent or grandparent to dementia. It's fucking terrifying and I hate it. Um, but uh, it's also a horror movie. So it yeah. seems more psychological horror, but I've heard good things, but it just came on streaming. Like I think literally last week. Cause yeah. I think I was looking at promising young woman when it came up. So um, it hasn't been out long. So I haven't heard a ton of reviews about it actually. So, I'm kind of excited. Um, I hope it. Too. I hope it lives up, because I feel like this movie's either going to be amazing, or it's going to be like The Lodge, where it has potential, and then it kind of burns out, because the only, like, that's why I'm like, ooh, I don't know, but I'm excited. So, I'm excited about it. Me too. Because this is a movie we've, it was like Promising Young Woman, we've both been like, we need to do this movie. We need to do this movie. So, hopefully, um, we luck out. Um, yes. Hopefully it's not too depressing either. Like we don't want to get in. Well, I'll just watch Groundhog Day afterwards then, because Groundhog Day is also really depressing at some point. Like there's the whole whole sequence where he just keeps killing himself. And yeah. Then, honestly, that part is sad. But then the part where like the homeless man dies and like yeah, like, just accept the fact that like, this is his last day on Earth and there's nothing you can do like when he's giving yeah. him cpr in the alleyway i just like i mean i think i saw that movie when i was like nine or ten because my mom's like it's a bill murray movie the kids watch ghostbusters they can watch this and most of groundhog day is real like cute and funny and you don't really get the adult jokes until you're older um And then then there's a groundhog driving. But then there's a whole part where there's, like, an older, old man and he just keeps dying. And, like, Bill Murray's just trying to save him. And it's futile because this is just his path in life. And it's, like... But, I mean, at the same time, it's, like, he did give him, like, a good last day several times. Um, Yeah. And also, that movie's bittersweet because it's the reason Harold Ramis and Bill Murray stopped talking for years. Because Harold Ramis... I want to say Harold Ramis had a more comedic bit, and Bill Murray had a more philosophical moment. but I feel like it makes more sense that Harold Ramis was more philosophical than Bill Murray. But Bill Murray was also going through a really painful divorce at the time, and I think he was kind of, like, acting like a diva because he was yeah. just going through a really hard time. So, it, you know, they did make up before Harold Ramis died, but for many years, I was like, I love Groundhog Day, but also... I wish we'd had a Ghostbusters 3 with Harold Ramis in it before he died. And we probably would have if it weren't for him and Bill Murray fighting. But they they buried the hatchet eventually. So, sorry. I just, I don't know. Ghostbusters is one of, is one of those movies that is just such a part of my childhood. And Groundhog Day became that as well. Like, it, it definitely, like, rounded me as a person. <laughs> Because yeah. I watched it such... I should not watch Groundhog Day, because it is really sad. But it's it is such really a good sad. movie. And it is, it, is. it is, like Hereditary and Midsummer. it deals with the stages of death. And, yeah. and grief. I'm sorry, the stages of grief, not the stages of death. The, the stages of grief. And um, it's so interesting. It's such a movie with layers. But it's a comedy. It's a rom-com, basically. Um, if you haven't seen Groundhog Day, it is now streaming on Stars. Uh, it is honestly, if it hasn't been in the historical film, whatever the American film mm-hmm. archives, it should be because, I mean, it's just so fucking good. Anyways, it's a good one. Sorry, it's a really <laughs> good
1: one. No, I, love I just it's it a phenomenal movie. And I will say this, so many different TV shows and movies have been affected by Groundhog Day, Mm -hmm. like uh, Happy Death Day is the first thing that comes to mind, or there's an episode of Supernatural, that's one of my favorite episodes of Supernatural, where they're also in a Groundhog Day loop, kind of, except every time they wake up, it plays, it was the heat of the moment, so, yeah, (laughs) that's that's awesome.
0: Um, there's also, um uh there's a new movie called palm springs that is basically groundhog day that okay. i i heard mixed reviews like i heard a lot of like the general public was like oh it was really funny it stars andy sandberg and i maybe Alison Bree, brie maybe not i can't remember who the girl is but it's a man it's it's two people are stuck in a time loop in oh. palm springs oh you know and, other
1: show um fuck russian doll
0: yes which i still haven't seen yet it's but so i heard good. it's amazing yeah. i love that actress too she's so good in anything she's in. I love her, which is why I've been like, Oh, I need to watch that. And then mm-hmm. it kind of stopped getting recommended because I kept putting it on my list and then not watching it. And sometimes um they do that. But um yeah, Palm Springs, everyone who was like a general audience member said it was really funny. Um but I think it's Palm Springs movie. Yes. Palm Springs movie starring a- Andy Sandberg. Who is hit or miss? I really like him in general, but sometimes he kind of overdoes stuff. Oh, Kristen Moliotti, who's the mom in How I Met Your Mother. Oh,
1: yeah, Kristen yeah. Moliotti. Sorry, Miliotti. spoiler,
0: yeah. spoiler. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she also was in Once. in the um. And she was in OBC of Once. She uh, played her oh. in Once. Oh, yeah. cool.
0: And J.K. Simmons is in it. And Camilla Mendez, who plays Veronica and. Uh, Riverdale. But it, a lot of critics were like, it's cute, but it's basically just Groundhog's Day. Groundhog Day. Um, and, like, it's it's a little bit just like remaking Groundhog Day, apparently. But I don't think it's as well done. Yeah. Because um, it probably doesn't have the philosophical five stages of grief. Or six stages? How many stages? There are many stages. Um, but yeah, it, there's a lot of uh, culture that has been influenced by Groundhog Day. Um, yeah. And not that it's its not the first time anyone ever did it. I just think Groundhog Day was the first time it was done super, super, super well. Unless there's a movie that I'm not thinking of that, yeah. you know, was before it. But um, And it's Bill Murray and Annie McDowell and Chris Elliott's in it. And Brian Doyle Murray, who is Bill Murray's brother. And they're fucking hilarious. Uh he's the greatest voice ever. Anyways, okay, we need to stop talking about Groundhog Day. But it's amazing. And if you haven't it's seen it. It's a good it, movie. Eventually, we'll do Happy Death Day, I think, on here. Yeah, I love Happy Death Day.
1: Wasn't a big fan of Happy Death Day to you, but I love Happy Death Day.
0: I still haven't seen both of them, which is a travesty, because I've had... One of my friends like, you need to see it, and I was trying to wait to see her and watch it, and then with the pandemic, it hasn't worked out, so I just need to sit down and watch it. Um, But I've been wanting to watch it and avoiding it, because I wanted to watch it with her, but um, it's fine, because she's been telling me, she's like, it's so good. Um so and it looks funny um but yeah so i guess with that we are going to say good night we're only 10 minutes over schedule which Woo! i'm very proud of us um <laughs> which doesn't usually happen um but um thank you guys for listening thank you for tuning in please watch relic before next week so we can all talk about it um don't forget to like comment and subscribe we have like 15 new followers in like a week i think So Mm -hmm. thank you on Instagram. We love you guys so much. Um, Positive feedback. We love it. And don't forget to tell your friends and family to listen. And let us know if you want to. I'm curious. I've had friends tell us they would like, like more videos and stuff. And we were trying to keep up the TikTok. And honestly, I filmed a whole video for TikTok this week. And I have run out of time to edit it. So I might still put it up. Um, But um, if I have time to edit it. But I, I'm curious if people want to see us video f- version of the podcast. Because I've had people tell me they want to. But I don't know if, like, the true listeners, like, who actually listen every week, want that or not. Um, yeah. But I'm curious what people say. Because if I have time to, I will do it. It just takes – basically, I have to edit things twice. So yeah. it's a <laughs> It's a little, the sound is better if we only do audio, but if we wanted to do, like, short TikTok videos of us, like, maybe recommending movies that we probably won't do on the podcast, but we should be seeing, like, we could maybe do some recommendations on, like, TikTok, like, Britt's yeah. favorite movies or movies she watched or TV shows, like, we could take turns doing that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Or just really cute videos of Brittany's dogs and cats, because they are really cute. I still love that video of Riley and you for under the skin. <laughs> it's
1: great. We, we, we just need to make uh, another short
0: horror film starting them because, obviously, they are the stars. So <laughs> They're so cute. Um, but, yeah, thank you for listening. We love you guys, and thanks for sharing your love of movies with us. And keep watching yes. the Oscar movies because we got, I think, when this airs, two more weeks. So, yes. Uh, we'll yes, have, yes, like, yes. 20 days. Yeah. 20 days. days
1: Oscar Oscar countdown. Thank It'll be you guys. Ten days as, when this airs. Ooh. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, as always, thank you guys so much for deciding to sp- uh, spend your morning or your afternoon or your evening with us. If you're on your morning commute or if you're doing chores, uh, we love that you're here with us. Thank you so very very much um we hope you are taking care of yourselves we hope you do something for yourself here's a reminder take a shot of water wear your mask get vaccinated if that wash is your an hands. option for you wash your hands yes please Sorry. um make line. sure make sure you are eating some people forget to eat that is unrealistic to me i never forget to eat my stomach will not <laughs> let me forget to eat but if you're forgetting yeah. to eat please eat something for yourself. I have to
0: eat before we edit because, or before we record, because sometimes I forget to eat beforehand. And then in the middle of us recording, I'm like, I'm getting a hunger headache. And then I eat yep. right before I go to bed, which is not good for you. Um, so I made myself eat dinner an, like 30 minutes before we started recording. So yes. you
1: can do it too. That's the way to do it. Yes. Uh, we, we believe in you guys. Um, so thank you again so yes. much for joining us
0: today. <laughs> Thank you for believing in us, and we believe Thank in you. you. If you were Tinkerbell, yes. I would clap my hands because I believe. I'm sorry. Did everyone else watch that version of Peter Pan, the play yes. or the audience? Yes. I'm sorry. I was really that was my first play I ever saw, my first like Broadway Aww. theater league play, and I cried intermission because they hadn't gotten to Neverland yet, and I was upset. And I was like, "There's a whole second act, Katie," and I was just like, "Ah!" was great but they flew over the audience it was wonderful
1: i Um, i will i will say this and it's a very quick story but since we just celebrated easter um when i and my brother were very little our parents took us to see a passion play and oh my um, uh i was probably four brandon was probably five or six and um when they started nailing jesus to the cross brandon stood up in the middle of the church and said you bastards you're hurting them you're hurting him. Oh, yeah. And he screamed it, and everyone turned around and looked at him. And there was a little old lady sitting near him, and she reached over and she goes, It's okay, honey. You said what we were all thinking.
0: Oh, so. I was about to say, like, that's, I feel like, yeah. both appropriate and inappropriate. <laughs> because he's a kid, you know, like. But you then know.
1: afterwards, they were like, Jesus wants to meet you, and he hid because he was so scared. <laughs>
0: I would be too if they were like, Jesus wants to say hello, I'd be like, um Is he back? Is yeah. it what what's going on? Um anyways, but yes, good night. Sorry, we want a tangent. I'll probably have to cut the Peter Pan tangent. But Peter Pan! Um Peter Pan, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um Yes. Well um as Peter always- Pan take me away from life. <laughs> as
1: always guys we we uh we do appreciate you again and please join us next time uh same spoopy time same spoopy channel absolutely stay spoopy y'all stay
0: spoopy y'all we'll see you later good night brittany night katie night everybody bye, guys love you guys bye. bye good night good evening good day <laughs> bye The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.